0: Hello, world. You're listening to episode one of Bitcoin and Markets. Hello, everybody out there. My name is Ansel Lindner. In this show, I'm going to discuss Bitcoin and its place in the wider global market. Today I'm going to cover the increasingly complex Gavin Andreessen situation, but before that let's cover some Liberty Reserve, my top quote from Consensus 2016, and Japan pushing Bitcoin adoption. I'm really excited so let's get going. Alright guys, so all of this uh, all these links can be found on my website at bitcoinandmarkets.com or check the description below First story up Cointelegraph, Bitcoin predecessor Liberty Reserve founder receives 20 year prison sentence and I think it's a big warning to other other uh, digital currency founders out there This guy Arthur Podofsky the founder he was taking he was enabling people to turn in turn their dollars into Liberty Reserve dollars and send them around to other accounts. Also euros, so you could take your euros, turn them into Liberty Reserve euros. Uh, he got in similar trouble in a couple like a decade ago in New York State when he still was a. US. citizen and he got five years probation. After that, he moved down to Costa Rica and he gave up his US citizenship so at this time he is not a US citizen uh, the liberty reserve had about a million customers was a 6 billion dollar operation according to coin here and the US treasury declared it as a money laundering organization so that the, the feds could go to work on it this arthur badovsky he was on vacation i believe in spain and the feds with in coordination i'm sure with the spanish government went in rolled them up and took them back to the united states to face trial here i think it's a huge warning to other founders other digital currency founders or crypto founders vitalik and evan duffield they all they you need to do is be seen as competition and you'll get rolled up by the by the U.S. government, so right now, I mean, you might feel safe, you might even have he- friends in high places, but if you start getting to a six billion dollar market cap, well, you're gonna, probably going to get rolled up. Um, and I hesitate to even mention this aspect, but even Bitcoin Core should be careful because, I mean, if if the if Bitcoin gets to a trillion dollar market cap. Oh my gosh even the developers will be under heavy heavy scrutiny so i'm sure they have it they're very smart individuals there over at core so i'm sure they have a plan but just be aware of that guys all you need to do is be labeled a money laundering organization and they can roll up on you and yeah it can happen very very quickly okay next article let's look at the top 10 quotes from consensus 2016. this was a coindesk article I found it interesting more for what was not included than what was included. And so they, of course, they had all these quotes about blockchain this, blockchain that. It was just all a bunch of BS, blockchain stuff. But during the live coverage, I was following CoinDesk. I was following uh, Bitcoin Airlog and Tone Vase on Twitter um, along with a bunch of other people. And uh, at the time... I saw this tweet come across from Coindesk and it was a uh, quote from Alan Lane, CEO of Silvergate Bank in California and it goes, most banks have an industry-wide ban on so-called Bitcoin companies. I retweeted it at the time and then, then a couple days when I went back to check on it, when, when I was preparing for this uh, podcast, it had been deleted. I was like, what the? So you can, if you want to see that that quote you can go to my feed i also put an image in the show notes for that image or for that tweet and i think i don't know why it wouldn't end up in the top 10 quotes from consensus i mean this guy is talking about the banks having a ban on bitcoin and everyone's talking about blockchain and these bankers are sitting in front of him and he's he's a banker but these these big banks were sitting right in front of him and he's saying you guys have a ban on bitcoin companies and we're at a bitcoin slash blockchain conference i mean he has some big balls um i i foresee bitcoin companies getting discriminated against continuous continually getting discriminated against for the on-ramps and off-ramps of course they already are being discriminated against but i can see them getting uh continually discriminated against and bank chain and blockchain companies will not be discriminated against right now even ethereum i mean right now ethereum has the goodwill of these big banks and the big companies like microsoft and everything but that can go away very quickly um I, ethereum is a naive ally in this uh you know in warfare you want to align with certain people, and uh, it looks like they have aligned with Ethereum against Bitcoin. They're going to push Ethereum and uh, try to get you know try to use Ethereum to hurt Bitcoin. That's my opinion. So in the future, of course, Ethereum will be discriminated against as well. If it makes it that far, who knows? All right, last article before the Gavin Andreessen stuff. Japan has recently been increasing in volume and this was uh, for trading volume and this is a post from Reddit uh, where user Josiah posted a image of all the different currencies, the top currencies for volume and you have CNY obviously is way out ahead. Then uh, JPY just recently passed USD for volume, daily volume. And we don't know how accurate the volume is I mean we know for a fact that the Chinese exchanges use what they call volumizer so they increase liquidity by um, you know turning on the volumizer they also have zero fees over there so we'll I will definitely never know what the actual true CNY volume is but for the Japanese yen we won't know either at least for the time being they could it could be one hundred percent legit with no volumizer and trading fees, but uh, we don't we we I don't know that right now and whatever. But it's possible that it's it's higher than USD volume. And that's fine. What we so we don't know that, but what we can know or what we do know is that token demand is pretty high in Japan, versus or, or via counterparty and you know the spells of Genesis game is pretty popular over there. So we do know that there's quite a bit of demand. We know that they have uh, quite a few Bitcoin-accepting businesses. I think per capita, they have some of the highest. As a as a nation, they have some of the highest levels per capita of Bitcoin-accepting businesses. And there's more and more exchanges popping up. I think there's three now that, that uh, trade the JPY pair, which, I mean, it shows that there's real demand. And in each of those each of those exchanges they have they have good volume so you know it shows that there's real demand those are real companies making real money in in the space and so uh, I think there is demand there I think the larger story here though is the Japan's demographic issues and how that is effect could affect their uh, uptake of Bitcoin and I'll be going into that. That's my topic, my main topic for episode two, not just Japan's demographic issues, but uh, the world's demographic issues and how that could affect Bitcoin adoption. So, all right, those are the shorter stories. Now let's get into the Gavin and Andreessen stuff. So, all right, I think this, this Gavin and Andreessen situation has been building for a long time. And it's been a little bit hidden underneath the whole headlines, you know, of XT and Classic and Craig Wright. But I think this Craig Wright situation now has brought this to a head. So the Gavin angle of the Craig Wright story will end up being the bigger story from the Craig Wright thing, the Gavin part. Uh, There's a great blog that's uh, Shitcoin, S-H-I-T-C-O dot I-N, and he has two great articles or blog posts over the last couple of weeks on this uh, Craig Wright story I recommend adding him to your reading list as the author's name is Goat uh, I met him or didn't meet him uh, well yeah I did meet him I did exchange some emails with him back and forth but I, I first learned about him on the, the TradingView troll box uh, back in when, last, what was it September, October time when Bitcoin was was had some big volatility. I was in there and and I saw a couple posts that, talking about his. He was talking about his blog, so I went and checked it out, and I really liked it. All right, so let's recap the right the whole right situation. Um, he was on a panel. He's unknown. All of a sudden, he he was unknown, and all of a sudden, he showed up on a panel at the Bitcoin Investors Conference in Vegas last year. Uh, a little while later, it was, and he was talking really weird at that conference. And and I don't know, a week later or so, it was quote unquote leaked to multiple news outlets at the same time that he was Satoshi and with all this evidence, right? How Bitcoin Bell fits into this, I don't know. I I have had some back and forth with her on Twitter a couple times. She's just a very uh, unfriendly person. I don't know how she gets involved with all these people. I know, uh, according to Bitcoin Uncensored uh, with Josh and Chris, there, you know, she has some inside workings with Nick Zabo, some relationship there, some relationship with John Matonis and uh, Craig Wright, obviously, and maybe even Gavin Andreessen. She's very open with her sexuality, which isn't all that bad if she had other things to offer, but she's her the rest of her personality is just really unattractive. So I don't know what the story is there with Bitcoin Bell, but that that that's for a different a different day. Okay, so then it was pretty much debunked that any of the evidence that he produced at that earlier time last year. I think it well yeah I think it was still last year 2015 all that stuff was debunked and then he came out with this announcement oh he's going to perform a cryptographic miracle and it's going to be within two weeks and that was leading up to I think like May 1st or something was the deadline for him and that day came and went and a lot of people didn't notice it but some of us were asking well where's Craig Wright with his miracle um of course, then the first day of consensus, it came out at the same time with Gavin and John Matonis, and Craig Wright, all publishing blog posts on the same same morning, and also the BBC came out with a video, with a you know interview of Craig Wright. It's just really weird, and and the Gavin blog post didn't sound like Gavin. The Craig Wright blog post had some code on there that was really poorly done and it showed some uh, mistakes i think mistakes but uh, at least a a backdoor way to fake these keys being being his and it just didn't hold water at all and so uh, i was watching it in the morning the you know the consensus stuff and and uh twitter and peter todd came out and i love peter todd he does i mean he is really I think he has all the best the best intentions. And he he's really good in the space. I really, really f- like following him. I think uh, he's going to be very influential in the future. I hope so. So he came out and said, okay, this does not look like a Gavin post. It does not sound like Gavin. This is the blog, uh, Gavin's blog. So he might have been hacked. We need to revoke his commit access immediately. And so the core devs were like, we agree. He's he's done. So they revoked his core access or his uh, commit access. And then it keeps getting weirder and weirder, guys. So then Gavin said he wasn't hacked. He was on stage at Consensus on a panel with Vitalik. And he said, I believe that Craig Wright is Satoshi and I was not hacked. Okay. <sighs> this, I, I just don't get it. People were tearing it apart. They looked into it. They uh, Reddit did a great job going in and doing some investigations, uh, investigation on this stuff, on these claims. Um, finally, Wright said, "I'm gonna move some coins because no one believes me. So I'm gonna move some coins, that, then everyone will believe me." Well, right, all you have to do is freaking publish a signature from block one key or block zero key, block one key doesn't matter, uh, block nine key anything publish something to the public we don't trust gavin what the heck publish it man that's all you got to do so he said he was going to move some coins that would settle the issue and so and, and everyone was saying well he's probably going to move some coins from block like 100 and we all know that that those those coins could be anywhere blah 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 true i mean he has to move some coins from Block one, block block zero, the genesis block. Uh, I guess you cannot move those coins. Those are like totally unmovable coins. You have to move blo- uh, coins from after block zero. So he would he would have to move block one because we know Satoshi mined block one, but there could have been some people that mined before that. Uh, Hal Finney we know mined uh, around block seventy, which would be you know just a few hours in to this whole Bitcoin experiment he mined but uh, it could have there could have been others that were with Satoshi that mined. so we don't know we do know that Satoshi owned block seven or what no sorry block nine because he sent that was the block where the coins came from that he sent to Hal Finney in the first Bitcoin transaction and we also know he he owned block zero and, you know, almost certainly block one. But we don't know really 400% certain that he owned any other block. So you'd have to move coins from one of those blocks, block one or blocks uh, nine, or sign anything, sign anything, any message with uh, block zero keys. That's it. Anyway, then, so he said he was going to move coins, and and the the community jumped on it and said, well, it's got to be this, it's got to be that. And he said, oh, then Wright came out with a statement, oh, I'm not strong enough for this, guys. I just want my privacy. I'm not strong enough. Boo-hoo. And he left. So, obviously, he's a scammer. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't, he cannot produce the coins. He cannot produce any sort of signature on a clean laptop or anything using other people's software so he's been pretty much debunked and gavin now saying well now he's questioning himself maybe this is not true maybe this is well oh my gosh so gavin is either lying guys gavin is either lying or he's incompetent those are the only two options he's either lying or incompetent and either one he doesn't deserve to have his commit access back because now all these Uh, I know Eric Voorhees, who I admire. I don't know what's going on with him. But he's like, he needs his commit access back. No, oh my gosh, no, he does not. He does not need his commit access back. Uh, A lot of these people uh, that I respect are saying that we need, how do we take away commit access from Gavin Andreessen? He was not hacked. We need to give it back but Gavin was either lying or he's incompetent. He does not need his commit access back. Um there's m- so much evidence that uh Goat provides on Shitcoin blog. I totally recommend going going on there, but one thing, a uh, huge piece of evidence that I think is the biggest one is uh back from I think it was 2011 possibly. Uh, where it is early on? But after Satoshi left and Wright's talking on a comment section on some blog and he's being very arrogant and, you know, uh, verbose in his responses and he is talking about WikiLeaks and how they're not being able to accept PayPal and he's like, there's so many more options and he lists like 20 options but not Bitcoin. And then in a separate comment, he said, or they could use bit space coin, both capitalized or they could use Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. Of course, Satoshi would never call it bit space coin. He would, he would spell it properly in all of Satoshi's writings, Some like 80,000 words in the years that he worked on Bitcoin and were was publishing emails and writing on the forum. He misspelled one word by one letter. Logical, he, he misspelled it by one letter. Or ideological, maybe. He misspelled by one letter. <laughs> Craig Wright misspells like five words on every comment that he makes on these, these comments back from that time. So there's no way that he is sushi But like I said, the bigger... The bigger stories is this Gavin stuff. So he backed XT, he backed Classic, and he backed Right. And these are all things, the biggest things of the last six to nine months that have been have caused fractures in the community. Uh, XT and Classic are specifically trying to change the consensus of Bitcoin and change the permissions of who has commit access and where that where that code resides, who is double checking things. And Wright, the a very keen Reddit user, found some cash copies of Wright's blogs that he was gonna release in the near future. And he's all talking about um forming another Bitcoin foundation and having a, you know big blocks are the way to go and that's what he's wanted ever since the beginning yada 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 so it looks like if he would have been if he would have been um confirmed as satoshi he would have been a big block supporter and chain and probably a classic supporter so it's just weird gavin is trying to change this stuff and also there was a, a post on reddit by amir well no the post on reddit wasn't by amir taki But it was a repost of another Amir Taki post, and he had all this bad stuff to say about Hearn and Gavin. He was lumping Hearn and Gavin together, which I I agree with. Uh, Hearn and Amir Taki were getting into it on on Bitcoin Talk, and uh, Amir Taki posts all these different threads where he's arguing with Gavin and Hearn on Bitcoin Talk. Uh, about blacklist about all sorts of other scaling type issues and the the bottom line two sides that appeared from these threads was Amir Taki and others that don't want to play ball with these big uh, powers B and Gavin and Hearn that were are very uh, pragmatic and want to play ball and think they need these big banks and governments for legitimacy. They need them to legitimize Bitcoin. <clears throat> and that's I think that's a hidden schism there. There is a hidden schism within core that involves Gavin. And you can see it come to fore the last year or so. Of course, Gavin has spoken at the CIA. The Council for Relations and other big banks, along with Hearn, and Hearn now is rage quit, right, back in uh, January, and now he works for 43 of the biggest banks in the world. Uh, I think Gavin is right there with him. Gavin will sell his soul if asked. Uh, Amir also posted an image of, or a quote from Gavin. Where he's pretty much saying that he will placate to... Or... Yeah, he'll placate and he'll acquiesce to the powers. He doesn't care. He will do whatever they say pretty much. Bah. So it's good that we got rid of Gavin. I think it's good. Now he's going back with Classic. So obviously we know that he can't he doesn't have Bitcoin's best interest at heart because if he, if he did he would just kind of lay low after all this stuff for at least a couple months if he wants core commit access back it's super easy for him he has the shortest route of any developer in the world to get commit access to core all it takes is some good behavior for six months And he will be back with commit access if he asks for it. That's all it would take. Provide some code and have good behavior. Don't try to rock the boat. And he would have his commit access back. Of course, that will never happen. He's already back with Classic, um, which is probably a good sign for Core because Gavin hasn't released any code in a long time. All of these things, I think Gavin is probably a really good programmer, but he's not at the level of where Bitcoin Core developers are right now. That's why he hasn't produced anything for a while. So let him be with Classic. Who cares? His name is actually going to hurt Classic. And if I were Classic, I would get rid of Gavin. You know, if I were Gavin, I would just sit there and write a book. Write a fucking book, dude. Publish that book. Make a million dollars on that contract and go live somewhere. Chill out for a couple years, man. Why do you got to be there and be right in the middle of all this stuff? We don't want you anymore, man. We don't trust you. Oh, my God. All right, so that's... Obviously, there's going to be more. And I if you guys read Shitcoin's blog... It's going to be... He's going to have some good stuff on there, so just watch out for that. And I have no <laughs> contract with GOAT at all. I did talk to him on email a couple times. But, uh, you know, hes he seemed like a good guy, and he writes great content. So I just... Check it out. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the first episode of Bitcoin and Markets. Please leave some feedback and some comments. Um, Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Ansel Lindner or on SouthCloud at Bitcoin and Markets. If you want to contact me, please do so via Twitter or the website Bitcoinandmarkets.com. Don't forget to check out episode two where I'm going to be talking about uh, Japan's demographic issues, the world's demographic issues, and how I see that pushing Bitcoin in the future. Thanks. See ya. I think that went pretty well. Oh yeah. Uh, I gotta work on a few things that stuff. Yeah. Oh, Japan's gonna be huge, man. Over the next two years, it's gonna be gambling in Japan. Either Japan will probably. for adoption.